Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I walk a straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, Wrangle the Three. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making, the complete story of America's bloodiest prison, and I am Jim Chapman. Woody Everton couldn't join us today. He is, uh, well, he's probably staying warm somewhere. It's 18 degrees right now, y'all, when I'm recording this, but uh, the Louisiana highways are a absolute mess. They're probably going to open them up later on today as I as I record this, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen regardless. And today I'm going to be talking about the changing of the guard. Uh, there's a lot of talk at Louisiana State Penitentiary and going really all over the state of Louisiana because we have a new governor, Jeff Landry, who was the uh, former uh, the former Attorney General for the state of Louisiana is now the governor, and he replaced John Bell Edwards. Now, this is in no way a political uh, podcast episode or anything like that. I'm just going to give you some facts here. Uh, You can make up your own mind on what you think, but uh, John Bell Edwards was always kind of known as a lenient, uh, quite frankly, a, a lenient person on crime. He he offered clemency to many, many people 
uh, or approved clemency for many people, many of the incarcerated while he was governor of the state of Louisiana. And as his time came to an end uh, as governor for the state, he pardoned a lot of individuals. Uh, It was almost a race for pardonship. So we're going to cover not only the people he pardoned and we'll give you the, or I'll give you the highlights of uh, some of the crimes that they were involved in, but we're going to talk a little bit about clemency and the governor's power to do that. And the other, the other powers that are, uh, are really limited to the governor. So we're going to take some of these, these points in order. And I'm, I'm just going to explain to you what the governor has the right to do, what he doesn't have the right to do. Uh, in the state of Louisiana, only the governor can grant the commission of a sentence after, and that's only after a favorable recommendation from the pardon board. An inmate can submit an application to the pardon board, basically, and that pardon board will look it over. They'll have a hearing with that inmate, and they will either approve or deny that uh, application. If they deny it, it never goes before the governor. Okay. If they approve it, it goes before the governor, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to approve it at that point. Uh, but it, but it won't go anywhere until they go in front of the, the pardon board. Uh, and there's, there's several different types of, of powers and, and really of considerations that, uh, inmates have in order to seek, you know, a, a lesser sentence or, or, or a pardon, a complete pardon. One of them is called commission. We're going to talk about that. Uh, the governor can also offer a, a reprieve. We're going to talk about that. Of course, full pardons we're going to discuss. And then what clemency is and, and uh, what the differences between like a full pardon and a, and clemency are. So as I told you, you have to go to the pardon board before uh, anything is put on the governor's desk. And uh, so I'm going to kind of tell you what makes an inmate eligible for that. Um, as I said, they have to submit an application to the pardon board for consideration. And, and we're talking specifically about clemency here. Look, we did an episode I think it was a couple months ago where John Bell Edwards was um, pressuring try, or attempting to pressure the pardon board to approve clemency applications for 56 or 57 death row inmates. All of them, all of the death row inmates in the state of Louisiana all submitted applications at the same time for clemency. Uh, they wanted their sentences basically commuted to uh, life in prison. John Bell Edwards is known to be an avid uh, proponent of the death penalty. And before he got out of office, he he was trying to get the pardon board to approve every death penalty, every death penalty uh, inmates application death row inmate, I should say. So that was stopped because the current governor, Jeff Landry, who was the attorney general at that time, uh, referenced a 
law that we're going to talk about in this episode where a, a uh, uh, capital punishment individual, when they exhaust their last appeal, they only have a year from that date to submit an application. And all, all, all of these, all of these death row inmates were outside of that year. So you can't even consider it. You can't, you can't even look at it. It's illegal for them to even submit an application, but it was what it was. And that was brought up and shot down. Thankfully. Now let's talk about, let's talk about clemency for, for a second. And, um, how these inmates go about submitting an, a clemency application. They submit that to the pardon board and uh, there's some rules involved. So the rules are an, an incarcerated offender who is serving a sentence for a nonviolent or non-sex offense. They can request a commission of the sentence at any time. Okay. So there's, there's no rule uh, relative to, you know, a year after their last appeal. But they must have been a, a disciplinary report free for a period of at least 24 months prior to the date of the application. So they have to basically have good time and have not started any fights, anything like that, been in any kind of trouble, been written up at all in prison for at least two years prior to submitting an application for a hearing to the pardon board. Okay. Um, they also cannot be classified to a maximum custody status at the time of the application. Uh, so that basically means that um, they can't be in the hole, for example, and <laughs> apply for a, uh, any sort of consideration of clemency with the pardon board. Uh, they also have to possess a marketable job skill. So even to apply, uh, if they if they took up welding at Louisiana State Penitentiary in Angola and they were a master welder, you know, um, that would be something the pardon board would consider as an approved job skill. So that's some rules for individuals that um, are not sex offenders or they're serving uh, a sentence for a violent offense. Okay. Now, if you're, let's, let's say this, let's say you're a sex offender and you're applying for clemency. Well, you have to serve a minimum of 10 years, a minimum of 10 years in prison. You have to be a uh, disciplinary report free for at least two years uh, and then it, it also, basically you have to do everything that someone that is not a sex offender does, except for they tack on a 10 year, you have to serve at least 10 years before you can even, even submit an application. Now, if you have a life sentence and you want to apply for clemency, uh, you have to serve at least 15 years from the date of your sentence before you can apply to go before the parole board uh, for clemency and um, capital cases, which are death penalty cases. If you're sentenced to death and here's the key, here's exactly how it's written. Any offender sentenced to death may submit an application within one year 
from the date of the direct appeal denial. So obviously you exhaust all these appeals. You got a year from that date and that's it. In the case of John Bell Edwards trying to get the, the give clemency to these 50, I think it was 57, 56 or 57 death row inmates. Uh, the fact of the matter is that rule right there kept every one of them from being able to submit an application. So that's why. Now, let's say they, let's say it's an individual that meets all that criteria. Well, they, they then go into a review and that's, that's uh, basically a qualification review. So they take that application once it's submitted and they make sure at that point that every requirement is met legally and that that individual can indeed apply for clemency. And if, if it's discovered that they meet all that criteria, they go to stage two, basically where the offender must provide the board proof of advertisement within 90 days from the date of notice to grant a hearing. So what that basically means at that point is that offender has to uh, basically pay money to go to the parish in which his crime was committed. So if someone in Livingston Parish, Louisiana, killed somebody, they go to Angola and they apply for clemency. They have to advertise that they applied for clemency 90 days prior to the hearing with the parole board. And the reason for that is the victim's families have the right, or or the victim themselves, if they're still alive, have the right to attend that hearing and speak against that individual getting granted clemency. And 90 days, three months, uh, they have to advertise that far out with the local paper. And uh, essentially, that would be the rule. They also have some fees they have to pay. It's $150. And if you didn't charge any money, you know, these guys would, every day they'd be submitting applications for clemency. So that's the reason for that. Let's talk about some things before we get into what John Bell Edwards did right before he got out of office. And uh, you may be wondering, what's the difference between like a commission of a sentence and a pardon and all those sorts of things. So a commission is a reduction of a sentence to a lesser period of time. For example, the governor can commute a sentence if he believes the punishment is too severe for the crime. It doesn't let them out of jail. It's commuting their sentence. If they have, a, for example, their sentence to death, they've got a capital case, and he commutes that sentence to life in prison. That is dropping, you know, obviously that's, lowering the punishment. You may be wondering just real quick, how many sentences did JBE John Bell Edwards commute in 2023? Well, he spent his waning months in office, uh, really at a extremely high clip that we hadn't seen in decades out of a Louisiana governor and commuted 70 prisoners just since August. So from August to December of 2023, he commuted the sentences of 70 prisoners. I'm not saying some of these didn't deserve it. Maybe he saw some problems in the case. I don't know. 
but that's a lot. That is a lot. So that's what a commission is. You're not letting them off scot-free, but you're lowering that sentence. Now, reprieve. So you hear sometimes, almost always, this will have to do with capital cases, but someone, let's say they're on death row, and uh, it's three days before they're executed, and they are granted a reprieve. Basically, that's just a delay or a temporary suspension of the punishment. Usually, it's a very unusual or specific circumstance that would would cause that. You almost always see it in death penalty cases, but you do see reprieves offered. For example, if there's an illness, if, if someone's mother died and they allowed someone to attend the the funeral, you can get a one day reprieve where where they don't actually let you out, but they bring you to the funeral for your mother. That's not that common, but it does happen. Um, it can't go on indefinitely. In other words, there's a resolution to that. Now, pardon. And this is interesting because that's what we're about to get into. A pardon is a complete forgiveness of a crime. But here's the kicker. It doesn't just let you out of jail. It also restores your full rights to citizenship. People who have been convicted uh, of a crime, obviously, you know, they they forfeit rights, such as the right to vote, the right to hold public office. Uh, But a pardon completely wipes out the conviction and all of those rights are restored. So keep that in mind. Clemency is is basically to keep, give mercy. Pardons are where you just wipe out the conviction completely as if it never existed. So Governor John Bell Edwards, now we're getting into the meat of the story. He pardoned just between October and December 56 different inmates. Um, 23 of those pardons, uh, were finalized within his last 10 days in office, as a matter of fact. So, uh, of the pardons made between October and December, 32 of them include second degree murder charges and eight of them include first degree murder charges. So we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about each of these individuals just real quick say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. And then we're going to discuss just a little bit about some of them and their crimes. Uh, David Touye Jr., who was out of 
Tangipahoa Parish was pardoned. He was convicted of possession of Schedule II narcotics, specifically meth. Uh, Timothy Jason Wilkinson of East Baton Rouge Parish, seven counts of first-degree robbery and theft. Don Daniel Bennett of Livingston Parish, second-degree murder and armed robbery. Uh, Merritt John Dykstra Jr. of Iberia Parish was second-degree murder. Herbert Fuselay of Calcasieu Parish, second-degree murder. Marion Gowan of Wachita Parish, second-degree murder. Cleveland Harris of Orleans Parish, first-degree robbery. Anthony Riggins, Jefferson Parish, first-degree murder. Noble Robinson, Acadiana, second-degree murder. Jack Segura, Iberia Parish, second-degree murder and simple escape. John Spano of Caddo Parish, second-degree battery. Lewis Taylor of Orleans, attempted second-degree murder and possession of heroin. Vincent Vamprin of St. Tammany Parish, second-degree murder. Jimmy Vedrine of Evangeline Parish, second-degree murder. George Woodcock of Orleans Parish, first-degree battery. Creighton Lee Wumberger, Jefferson Parish, armed robbery, and he was notated as habitual. That was just in October of 2023. Then in November, Leroy Brown Jr. of Wachita Parish, aggravated kidnapping, armed robbery. Bear Butler, East Baton Rouge Parish, second-degree murder. Roy Dickerson, uh, Jefferson Parish, habitual arsonist. Nathaniel Gibson, Orleans Parish, second-degree murder. Jeffrey Hawkins, Orleans Parish, second-degree murder. Jeffrey Hilburn, Richland Parish, second-degree murder. Van Hudson, Jefferson Parish, second-degree murder. Gregory Johnson, Jefferson Parish, second-degree murder. Dana, Dana Miles, East Baton Rouge Parish, second-degree murder. George Moore, Madison, first-degree murder. Jake Ortego, uh, Ortego, rather, East Baton Rouge Parish, second-degree murder. Frank Charlock, Rapides Parish, second-degree murder. Connie Sledge, Jackson, second-degree murder. Neil Spencer, Jefferson Parish, second-degree murder. Steve Stewart, St. John the Baptist, second-degree murder. Danny Young, Terrebonne Parish, first-degree murder. Now, these are pardoned, y'all. These are not. He offered clemency and reduced the sentence. He pardoned these people. They have full rights. December 2023, Isaiah Jones Jr., Iberville, second-degree murder. Nathan Arnold, Lafayette, second-degree murder. David Foy, Calcasieu, murder, it just says. Keith Messiah, New Orleans, first-degree murder. Christopher Picard, St. Tammany, second-degree murder. Carl Ruffins, Caddo, second-degree murder. Ricky Washington, Caddo Parish, first-degree murder. Donovan Johnson, East Baton Rouge, second-degree murder. Uh, Daryl Sterling, Calcasieu. Calca- <laughs> I'm going to leave this in. I ain't even going to cut this one, y'all. Calca- <laughs> Calcasieu Parish, second-degree murder. Danny Lee, St. Mary Parish, second-degree murder. Uh, Robert Whitaker, East Baton Rouge Parish, second-degree murder. Robert Lewis, uh, first-degree robbery. And I'm almost done, y'all, but this is important. I want these people blasted. Travis Miller, St. Mary, simple burglary. Uh, Armed robbery. I mean, he's got a ton of them here. Two counts of simple burglary. In another case, uh, pardoned. 
Lodegardo Silva, second-degree murder. David Rushing, St. Tammany, first-degree murder. Edward Price III, St. Tammany, perjury. Uh, Frank Murillo, Jefferson Parish, receiving stolen things. Gary Childers, Vermilion, second-degree murder. Uh, Justin Brown, possession of marijuana. Hmm. There's one that might be okay. And Look, I don't smoke marijuana or anything like that, but... I mean, I can see someone possession of marijuana getting a pardon. All the murders, don't know about that. Nick Nicholson, Caddo, first-degree murder. Frederick Kirkpatrick, St. Tammany, first-degree murder. John Tunaby, St. Charles, two counts of first-degree murder. Donald Gallo, Evangeline, simple battery, uh, simple burglary, second-degree murder. And Tommy Floyd from Iberville, second-degree murder. Y'all, seriously. Something's wrong with that. How many murderers did I just list off? So let's talk about some of these. Keith Messiah, pardon, first-degree murder, Orleans Parish. On Mardi Gras Day, February 15th, 1983, Bernice Holman was fatally shot at the parking lot of Popeye's Fried Chicken in New Orleans. Keith Messiah identified through eyewitnesses in an anonymous tip Demanded money from Hallman and her friends. Despite compliance, he shot Hallman in the face and fled with her money. He confessed to attempting the robbery, the accidental shooting, and fleeing when arrested. And the jury, finding two statutory aggravating circumstances, recommended the death penalty, resulting in Messiah's conviction for first-degree murder. He is pardoned. Complete rights restored. That's bullshit. Jeffrey Hawkins, second-degree murder, Orleans Parish. On October 14, 1988, an incident occurred uh, in New Orleans. Ricky Wilson, residing with his cousin Joseph Lee, encountered Jeffrey Hawkins, who intentionally sought to sell jewelry to Lee. Later, Wilson witnessed a violent turn of events in the living room. Hawkins, armed with a knife, fatally attacked Lee. Forced to hand over money in Lee's car keys, Wilson became an unwilling accomplice. They drove around, and Hawkins disclosed a motive, claiming Lee mistreated his sister. Eventually, at a service station, Williams, uh, excuse me, Wilson seized an opportunity to escape, seeking refuge at a Holiday Inn. Terrified, he reported the kidnapping and stabbing to police. That dude is pardoned by John Bell Edwards just recently. Van Douglas Hudson, second-degree murder out of Jefferson Parish. Details on this case. On July 29, 1986, at Buddy's Escape Lounge in Kenner, a dispute unfolded between patrons. Van Hudson, accompanied by his wife and friends, confronted an intoxicated patron named Jack Mulkey. Attempts to resolve the situation failed, and Hudson left briefly, but he returned armed with a short-barrel 12-gauge shotgun. He shot Mulkey in the chest, resulting in death. Hudson, after ejecting the spent shell, left the lounge with his wife and associates and was later identified as a perpetrator. Police found the murder weapon in his car's trunk. Pardoned. Full rights restored. Legardo Silva III, second-degree murder out of Jefferson Parish. 
On November 3rd, 1994, a confrontation between Brett Kreller and Legardo Luke Silva at Sluggo's Bar escalated to a fatal shooting later that night at a friend's house in Kenner. Silva, accompanied by friends, attacked Kreller during a fight. Leading to Kreller's death, Silva was quickly located and arrested at his father's house. He provided conflicting statements, denying firing a gun, and later claiming it discharged accidentally. The murder weapon was not found despite a search. Look, you hear, you hear Woody say that all the time. Guns don't fire themselves. They don't go off accidentally. You have to have your, your finger on that trigger. Pardoned. David Daniel Rushing, first-degree murder, St. Tammany Parish. And look, that's our neighboring parish right here in Livingston. Uh, in 1983, David Rushing and Jeffrey Fusell were indicted in the first-degree murder of cab driver Danny Archer. Archer was found shot and beaten in his cab. That led to Fusell's guilty plea to second-degree murder. Rushing initially confessed to planning a robbery and shooting Archer, but he recanted that statement later, claiming intoxication. Okay, so how the hell are you gonna you gonna say I was drunk? And I confess because I was drunk. That's basically what he did. Scientific tests support the prosecution's case, revealing Archer's blood on Rushing's clothing and linking Fusel to the crime. So there's just a few of them, y'all. That is just a few of them. I'm going to give you one more. And Fred, Fred Frederick Kirkpatrick uh, indicted for first-degree murder in 1982, was convicted Unanimously by a jury in St. Tammany Parish, the victim, Steve Radsote, was brutally killed in his Pearl River home. Kirkpatrick, along with an accomplice, Charles Faulkner, inflicted head injuries, stab wounds, and a fatal gunshot, robbing him before setting the house ablaze. The jury unanimously recommended the death penalty, citing aggravating circumstances so there you go there's just a few of them y'all complete right complete rights restored uh no you know their records expunged it's like these people never did it what about the victims what about the victims y'all this is disgusting to me it absolutely sickens me but that's what happened. Now, let's talk about Jeff Landry just real quick. Governor Jeff Landry and his reputation. Uh, and it's not just his reputation. He's kind of walked the walk on this. He is known as a tough on crime guy. As I just told you, he was the attorney general for the state of Louisiana. And him and John Bell Edwards, being that he was so tough on crime, they butted heads a lot, uh, a lot over the years. Uh, he is now the governor, and one of the things that that is going to change in the state of Louisiana, and I think for the better, if you if you like, if you like the fact that crime will hopefully go down, is is his stance on crime. He's very tough on. It. As a matter of fact, it was a big part of his platform when he ran for governor. So I'm going to play you this. One clip, I'm going to play you two clips, actually. The first clip he released as soon as he announced he was coming out for governor, and it kind of speaks on his stance on crime. Here's that. 
Louisiana, worst in the nation for murder. Three of America's most dangerous cities are right here. Violent crime is out of control. Juvenile crime is skyrocketing. Jeff Landry knows the system is broken. And catch and release. Criminals should serve their time. Woke judges and DAs should be held accountable. And victims and police deserve our respect. A governor who will finally restore law and order. Jeff Landry, governor. Now, you just heard that. That was one of his uh, his ads as he was running for governor at the very beginning. And he didn't lighten up on that. He he continued uh, discussing his stances on crime. And late into his run for governor, he released this ad. Baton Rouge, your criminal justice system is broken. Jeff Landry, a former police officer, sheriff's deputy, and the attorney general. Jeff Landry knows what it takes to fight crime. When DAs fail to prosecute, when judges fail to act, when police are handcuffed instead of the criminals, enough is enough. We're going to hold everyone, and I mean everyone, accountable for violent crime. Jeff Landry, governor. So Jeff Landry is now, as I said, the governor of the state of Louisiana. And you can see by those ads, he he really had a anti, you know, I don't want to say, well, definitely anti-crime stance. But his stance is he wants to be very tough on crime. As a matter of fact, one thing he is already committed to doing is some of the district attorneys in the state of Louisiana, he's going to crack down on them. Uh, he feels like some of these DAs have been too light on uh, on criminals, you know, especially violent criminals in the state of Louisiana. So he's going to hold them accountable. I don't have any doubt about that, that he's going to start uh, holding people accountable for their actions, it's, you know, uh, relative to the people who are recommending these sentences and recommending prosecution. Look, Louisiana has a major crime problem. It's just that simple. And people look at the state of Louisiana, and you can look at it, and you can say, well, they have the highest rate of incarceration of anywhere in you know, the country. And that would be, that's a fact, folks. That's a fact. But it's the revolving door that is the problem. They're not in there long, usually. Uh, and then you have situations like what just happened where you have in the last three months, the last quarter of eight years that John Bell Edwards was governor of the state of Louisiana, and you have that many people get pardoned that many people what i just read you get full pardons crazy to me blows my mind so look i just wanted to bring you that today what do you'll be back in here next week we're gonna have a fire episode for you i'm not even gonna tell you what it is yet but we're gonna get back to talking about a little bit more brutality of of Angola and specific inmates in particular. So look for that. I want to thank all of you for everything you do for us. Look, our, our patron members uh, are the best and Apple podcast subscribers. Y'all support us. Y'all, we, we have to support this show 
And it requires some things monetarily. None of this stuff is free. It requires an extreme amount of time. And if it wasn't for you guys supporting what we do, we absolutely couldn't do it. You know, it's a business. And uh, and y'all enable us to keep doing this because we sure do love telling you the history and, the, and the, you know, putting faces to names on the most, uh, you know, notorious prison probably in history. Definitely the largest maximum security prison in the state in the uh the entire country so thank you so much for that i know uh woody and i love and appreciate every single one of you there's no doubt about it uh if you can't be a patron member we get it we totally get it uh another way you could support us just share the podcast on your social media uh the more people that hear it the more you know that our podcast gets ranked and um the more that it shows up on Google and all those geeky things behind the scenes that I've tried to make happen, you sharing it is critical in that process. So thank you very much. Uh, until next time, I'm Jim Chapman for Woody Overton. We are your host of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making, the complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. I walk a straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, Wrangle Three. I'm here for life. I'm here to die. Inside these walls, inside the wild. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.